and I looked at her and I said, nobody would be doing this for 45 years. And she goes, you need to pray for him. So true, so true. Um, when I was a kid, I came to know Jesus at the age of 13 in a personal way. Grew up in a Christian home, but it wasn't until I was 13 that I really understood what Jesus had done for me on the cross to repose in him. And so as I like any teenager, uh, I was exposed to a lot of Christian teaching because I was involved in a church and a Christian home. And I often heard the concept of Jesus wants us to be a servant. And so, I mean, everybody here this morning has heard that. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, the gentleman who read the scripture read it for us. So now we've all been exposed to the concept of servant, right? What does that really, really mean? Well, I want to start with a photo this morning. Linda and I, we have found that one of the most amazing ways to serve. Can you, can you kind of see that? Uh, Linda and me are on the right there. This is our front yard. And those are our nine grandkids lined up according to age. And so CCC on their T-shirts, it stands for Cousin Camp Chaos. And we've been doing this now, I think, for seven years. And uh, here's what happens. Um, we take all the grandkids, and the idea is that you have to be out of diapers in order to come. Except the one, well, we have the one non-Christian grandkid uh, right in front of me there. Uh, he's the one wearing the Green Bay Packers hat. So you probably, you know, you probably saw that, but we're praying for him. Sorry, Packer fans, but I had to have my shot there. Um, but we get together, and you got to be out of diapers, but little Pax there with the Packer hat, he, he was born nine weeks early, barely two pounds, and was in NICU for a while, and I mean, it was touch and go. And so, you know, he endeared all the other cousins to himself, and so we let him come, even though he was still in diapers. And so now we've we haven't let the little one, the 16 months, Riggins, uh, Linda's holding him. But we get together, and we have him for three days at our house, and uh, we run it like a camp, you know, because Linda and I have been in ministry for many years. She was a kindergarten teacher, uh, youth camps, and all that kind of thing. And, and so, I mean, we have rules. And every time we get together, we say, we read over the rules from year to year. Are there any rules you want to add? And there's a Dennis the Menace in this group of grandkids. And so about three years ago, he goes, yeah, I got a new one. And I said, what's that? No pooping on anyone's head. And I went, okay, that's a good rule. Yeah, we'll try to keep uh, keep aware of that, Weston. Thank you very much. And, of course, <laughs> they're all cracking up, you know, because his cousins, you know, they can get away with talking about poop better at grandpa and grandma's than they can at home with their own mom and dad. So we have we have cheers, we have a camp song, we have crafts, we have projects, we have swimming, we have games, we have competitions. Linda's the camp director, I'm the assistant, but I do get to be the camp speaker every once in a while. Just saying. It's amazing. Um, and so this last summer, you know, because our oldest is 15, going on 16, we asked the kids, you know, maybe we should bring this to an end. I mean, you guys are, three of you are teenagers now. And they're like, oh, no, no, we're going to keep doing this. 
they all have. Linda and I go to a horizontal position. She's on the couch, I'm on the floor, and we just catch our breath. I tell you that, not to lift up Linda and myself, oh yeah, we're, we're these wonderful serving grandparents, but I tell you that because serving and loving other people can be exciting, but can be really, really messy and exhausting, right? This morning I'm going to, uh, to, to share quite a bit of scripture, and I'm so glad because uh, Nikki has said that she would give me skills for every Bible verse that I read this morning. So I'm looking forward to that. But I'm going to put this on the screen again, and uh, because it bears repeating, we read it in the worship part a little bit ago. Matthew 20, verses 25 to 28. Here we go. Jesus called them together. That, that's his disciples. You know that the right away is 
okay, so what do we do? We're going to talk about that in the next few minutes, but I, I want us to back up. I think when it comes to serving, like Jesus is teaching us, it doesn't start with what should we do, but it starts with who should we be. Would you agree with me that on our own, we're not that cut out to serve other people. There's this thing called being born with the Adamic sin nature, and we naturally then are selfish. Why else do you think kids butt in line in front of each other? Mine, mine, mine. It's like the story I heard recently of a, of a young mom, two boys, Ryan and Jeffrey. Ryan is six, Jeffrey is four. And there are a couple of cookies on a plate, and Ryan and Jeffrey are each going to get a cookie, but one looks slightly bigger than the other. And they're arguing and fighting about who gets to choose the cookie first, right? And so the mom, evidently this happened during the Bracelet Days of WWJD, the mom says, what would Jesus do, boys? Ryan, the six-year-old, looks at his little brother, four-year-old, and he says, Jeffrey, you be Jesus. One day when he comes to Family Fest, there's a session on serving. No, 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 no. It starts with who we are, and very, very simply, here's the message for this morning. If we're going to serve, to be like Jesus. To be like him. That's all he wants us to be. To become more like him. That's the goal of spiritual maturity, to be more Christ-like. And so we're going to look at several ways on how we can be like Jesus. So one thing that helped me years ago, I started to get really practical when I was reading through the Gospels, and I was, I was seeing and reading about how Jesus put being a servant, a slave to others, into action. And I started visualizing and seeing his physical body. So with that in mind, uh, we need to be like Jesus in several ways. And uh, I'm going to share something with you that hopefully will make it a little more memorable in how we do that. Here's the first way. We need hearts that overflow with compassion. We need hearts that overflow with compassion. Now, sometimes... We could serve or do something for somebody else out of duty. And sometimes that's the right thing to do because even when we don't feel like it, it's the right thing to do. But how much more freeing would it be if we had hearts full of compassion like Jesus? It would become contagious. It would be natural. Let me take it in Matthew chapter 9, 35 through 38. Now, what Disease. 
the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his tell you about a church that I visited some years ago in Fort Lauderdale. My friend Rich and I were were going to that area of Florida, and uh, we were going to be leading a Spurgeon Girls Conference for high schoolers. And it was going to start on a Sunday afternoon. Well, we got in on Saturday night, and we heard about this happening church, and we went to visit, and we were standing off to the side of it. This was a big church, and so we could see a lot of the congregation. Anybody notice that whether you're on the left or the right 
I started to walk away because the bank robber helped me. And he tapped me on the shoulder. He gave me a hug. He said, thank you. That's the most generous thank you in the world. God's so big. Take it to the next one. Ears that listen to their story. Ears that listen to their story. In Psalms chapter 69, verse 33, here's what we find. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. Last night, when I talked to you about insecurities, in a sense, our insecurities, remember I used the verse from Proverbs, that the Lord is our security, and he does not want us to get our foot in the trap of insecurity. That's like being a prisoner. And so can I just encourage you to apply what we talked about last night and to serve one another talking about right now, and that is to have ears that are willing to listen to someone's story. And this is all about having a serving perspective. Because rather than waiting to get to know somebody, or exchanging comments about whatever, what if we were going to ask an open-ended question 
And so think about right now, whether you are a man, a woman, whether you have kids, whether you don't have kids, is there some way that you could have the hands of Christ, hands of the Jesus like skin on them, to serve someone else? And then I'll finish with the last way. Mouths and feet that bring the good news. Mouths and feet that bring the good news. I've had the privilege of going to a country called Bangladesh a couple of different times. And uh, I did this when I was uh, with a ministry called Youth for Christ. And I went there uh, to do a conference where I would speak to Bangladeshian kids. Now, if you don't know anything about Bangladesh, it's 99% Muslim. And when I was there, the Taliban were in control of the government. And so we go there. And the first time I'm there, I take our middle child, our son Tyler, with me. And uh, we were at a camp, and you know, you can, if you can imagine a camp in a third world culture, and Bangladesh is always rated one of the three poorest nations in the world by the United Nations studies. Poverty is unbelievable. And so, here's what was happening. There were Christian kids who were coming and traveling 24 hours away, riding on the backs of trucks with livestock, some of them were riding at times on the tops of buses to get to this camp. And many of them were bringing Muslim friends because they had established a friendship with their Muslim friends. And they're coming together. And it is the third night of the conference. And we are in this old, rickety building with a dirt floor. And there was a, there was a rule at this camp that you couldn't wear sandals or anything. You either had to be barefoot or stocking foot on a dirt floor auditorium, kind of an auditorium, and they, there's 1,200 kids in this place, and I remember seeing the temperature just before the session started. It's 104 degrees and about 89% humidity, and we're just wringing wet, and then the generator went off, and we had to wait for the generator. We got the power going again because you're going to need a mic to talk to 1,200 people. The band is playing. They had to stop. They had to restart and all of that. And with all this going on, I, I was going, okay, this is not going well. My attitude was not good. I don't think I really had a serving attitude, but I was going to give the talk that I had planned. And uh, toward the end of the talk, I heard the Lord saying to me, okay, Byron, I know you were going to give an invitation tomorrow night for these kids who don't know Jesus to put their faith in Jesus. But I want you to do it tonight. Now I'm arguing, as I'm talking, I'm arguing inside, God, it is, I'm, I'm discussing, well, I'm arguing, I'm complaining, Lord, don't, oh, Lord, don't you know better, it's 104, it's humid, there's little critters running around. This is not a good time to invite kids who don't know Jesus to put their faith in Christ and begin the Christian life. And I uh, kept praying, the Lord, oh, no, 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 just trust me, just trust me. And so I was finishing up, and I'd say, all right been together for three days. Here's the deal. I've shared with you that Christ died on the cross and he rose again. And I want to tell you tonight, that gift is for you. You just have to receive it. But you live in this Muslim country, but I'm going to ask you, if you're ready to receive God's gift of salvation through Christ and go public with your declaration that you are going to be a Christ follower, I want you to stand up right now. 
I turned to my translator and I went, I don't, I don't think she understood. This is a day and age or two. So, oh, no, no, we're going we're to say this again. So I said it again and I said, remember, one of your leaders, the absolute truth about graduation, one of your leaders, family member, was beheaded by the Taliban just a month ago for his faith in Christ. I want to make sure. Do you want to follow Jesus? 
heart that 